With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football, presented by BKCW. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton. And guys, we're inching closer yet again, 25 days until spring football. Hey, can you name that player? (laughs) I can't. Who out there can name that player? (laughs) If anybody says B.J. Foster, leave the chat. (laughs) If anybody says Jamal Charles, leave the chat. (laughs) Uh, favorite 25 of all time, Jamal Charles. Here we go. <laughs> I see somebody checking in from Montreal already. I'm jealous. I mean, it is freezing cold, but you know. Yeah, I right. wouldn't be jealous about Montreal this time of year. I'll just no, <laughs> not at all. We're all wide, though. We got people everywhere watching this, which is awesome. So be sure to tell us where you're checking in from. Bobby obviously wants to know what you're drinking this morning, what kind of coffee it may be, or whatever else it may be. Uh, but let, let's get started, guys. Let's talk about recruiting first. Jerry had some more recruiting notes yesterday on ontexasfootball.com. What's the latest there? Yeah, uh, so uh, the spring game visitor list, those April April visitor lists continue to uh, kind of grow. Uh, Lance Jackson, Texas commitment, 95-mile-an-hour uh, fastball thrower off the mound. Uh, he'll, be a, he'll be at the spring game April 20th. Uh, then Ricky Stewart, the running back from Chapel Hill, a top Texas target in 25. He'd originally said he was coming in for the spring game. And while he may still do that, he's also going to be in April 6th. Why is that meaningful? Well, that's when this offensive recruiting weekend is for Texas in April. They've done this before. They did this when Arch was coming out. Uh, So right now on April 6th, uh, we have confirmed K.J. Lacey, who will be in on the 6th and the 20th, Texas quarterback commitment, Tyler Thomas, John Mills, Ricky Stewart, um, Kelshawn Johnson, who I watched play basketball last night. We'll talk about that for a minute at some point. But Hitchcock won the three state title last night, and Anna Wack was the—I uh, mean, just got slaughterhouse, eighty-two thirty. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, and and I I believe Kalik Lockett is a good bet to be in on April sixth as well, guys. So that April sixth list is building with top offensive. Targets. Then, you know, that April 14th weekend has Fahim Delane, one of the top safeties in the country. Uh, Major Preston, one of the fastest rising defensive backs in the country, um, both out of that DMV, Virginia area. Preston's at IMG. So you're starting to see these visit weekends take shape. 
You're going to see some guys trickle through in March, right around seven-on-seven tournaments. But Texas is really targeting these three weekends in April. Uh, Offensive weekend, April 6th. Defensive weekend, April 13th, 14th. Spring game, 20th. Uh, I I believe Jamie French, five-star receiver out of Mandarin, will get on campus at some point this spring. That was reiterated to me yesterday as well. So uh, a lot of moving parts right now. The other thing was Cade Phillips. I was out at Hightower High School on Wednesday. I just actually posted the story on On Texas Football. Um, He's scheduled to speak with Steve Sarkeesian on Monday. Uh, That's impactful because he was offered Sunday. Um, Blake Gideon, they talk every day, but Blake Gideon wants to start that relationship building process with Sarkeesian on Monday. That will also be then Texas will push to get him on campus in April. Uh, Kay Phillips, great-looking kid physically. You know, some have offered him at corner. Some have offered him just as a DB. I think safety long-term, probably where he goes. He's uh, 6'1 and a half, 178 pounds, 80-inch wingspan, Bobby, 10 and a quarter-inch hands. I said 10-inch hands on, on Texas football story. It's probably 10 and a quarter-inch hands if you spread the hands and measure them like the college coaches do, but it's over 10. I mean, so – you're talking about a rangy, long arm guy in the secondary. Love that. Uh, Ru- Rudio confidence percentage on keeping KJ Lacey. I-, I think it's very good. I think it's very good right now. Ole Miss, Auburn will continue to battle for him. The next thing Texas will have to deal with in this recruitment to me with Lacey, and I think Lacey wants to be at Texas, guys. Uh, make no mistake about it. I think he wants to be at Texas uh, for all the reasons he committed. So if you get through the spring and Arch doesn't transfer, which won't happen, right? Then Ole Miss and Auburn will come right back in on Lacey. So you just have to keep battling that. That's going to be part of the process um, for K.J. Lacey in Texas. And Sarkeesian, those guys are very well aware of it. Somebody also asked about Gavin Nix, inside linebacker, IMG. He was at the January 20th junior day. Texas remains in contact with him. I'm not sure, you know, I think that's more of Florida, Florida State, Miami long term. Recruitment. We'll see if he gets back on campus. Um, but I, I'm. I think with Anthony Williams, you're starting to see some of those longer levered guys uh, being offered on the outside, and then you have Elijah Barnes and and Riley Pettijan as well. So it could be a class without an out of state linebacker, honestly. Well, another thing that we need to talk about, fellas, is basketball. We're already getting a couple of questions regarding that. They big game this weekend. They play Kansas. Yeah. And uh, obviously, it go a long way for the resume, Jerry. But how important is that game? Well, I think getting to eight and ten, you got to win your last two home games. And if you can pick off a road game, obviously, you you can end up being an, as crazy as it sounds. You can end up being a seven or eight seed in the tournament. Um, three tough road games left: at Kansas, at Baylor, at Tech. The key here is Kansas has had a week to get healthy, meaning Kevin McCullough. If he's healthy, Kansas is a pretty good team. They're not, I don't think they're a great team by any stretch. But without him, you see what happens. Texas Tech obliterated them in Lubbock. So is McCullough healthy enough to be almost full go for Kansas this weekend? If he is, tough task. They handled Houston up in uh, Lawrence Fieldhouse, one of the toughest places to play in college basketball. But that's really the key for Texas is what does McCullough look like on the court Saturday? If he struggles, movement, if he has to come out of the game for any point in time, he's battled and battled on an injury uh, for at least half the season here, and it's causing them to miss a couple of games. If he's not close to 100%, Texas has Texas, Texas has a shot in that game. We'll see what happens. Though. I figure he'll be health, as healthy as he's been in a while. And I'm going to go ahead and ask you this basketball question uh, from Two Broke to pay attention. 
just with the men's basketball team sitting at 17 and nine, what do they need to do over the next five games and in the Big 12 tournament to ensure that they get a higher seed in the NCAA tournament? Um, so if they win the next two home games, which are Oak State and Oklahoma, they'll be favored in those games. That gets them the 19 and 12 regular season if they drop the three road games. And I'm not sitting there saying they are absolutely going to drop them. I mean, you know, they're tough games, though. So if you're at 19 and 12, if you win one game in the Big 12 tournament, you, you have a 20-win season. I think if Texas is 19 and 12, that puts them 8 and 10 um, in the Big 10. Their NCAA net is still in the 39 right now, headed in the weekend games. They're still inside the top 40 in that. Um, you look at Bart Torvik, uh, some of those rankings, and Texas is in that 25 to 35 range. So they're comfortably in the tournament right now, as crazy as that sounds. Off resume, they have four quad one wins. If they could get another quad one win, though, that would be big. Um, but I, I do think 19 and 12 has them in the tournament headed into the Big 12 tournament. All right, Bobby. Well, before we move on, I'm going to let you tell folks out there about escaping the insurance trap with BKCW. Yeah, absolutely. BKCW takes you out of the insurance trap by providing you with actual risk management consulting, not just price quoting. Operating out of its headquarters in Austin and owned by a UT grad, BKCW uses a five-step process to identify your business's weak spots, design a plan, execute it, and monitor your situation throughout the year not just at the end of the year when you're due for renewal, so that you can lower your company's insurance costs and effectively manage their risk. Uh, BKCW has already helped some of the most well-known construction companies, restaurant groups, breweries, and nonprofits in Central Texas, as well as on Texas football, escape the insurance trap. And it all starts with a free risk assessment. Go to bkcw.com or send an email to info at bkcw.com to get started with a free risk assessment or claims audit and escape the insurance trap. Hey, guys, I've got some injury news and notes on the Longhorns that I don't think is out there. Uh, I talked to some folks uh, this morning. Uh, as of right now, you know, it, it's the underwear Olympics, Jerry. Uh, yes. <laughs> for the, the time being, uh, players are out on the field working out, et cetera. You know, Tory Beckton and his crew taking everybody through the workouts. Right now, I'm being told that a couple of guys are in boots. Uh, Amari Nyblack and Matthew Golden, both in boots as of right now. Um, and so uh, not expected to be long-term or anything, but they are healing healing up from, from stuff. Uh, Colton Bosick also still has a, a lingering ankle issue, I'm being told, Jerry. So those are three guys right now that are not necessarily participating full bore uh, in the, the Texas workouts. I've heard some other things as well that we can talk about a little later today. I'm also going to post an article uh, kind of recapping everything, uh, hopefully for everybody over uh, in the next hour after we finish uh, this uh, live stream here on, on uh, Friday morning. Uh, by the way, David Keith Williams, great point. If, if Texas by chance gets bumped out of the tournament, that loss to UCF at home is going to be why. That, that's not I mean, a road West Virginia, a game, Texas was better than West Virginia, still a road game. But the home loss to UCF is the one that will sting uh, Texas if they happen to not get in. <laughs> hey, Bob, but by the way, uh, we're not we are not saying those injuries are serious. But look. Yeah, no, 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 no. Look, that don't let it ruin your day. This is like normal offseason stuff. <clears throat> it's not like if there are no I will say this. There are no injuries I have heard of that are concerning. Right. 
Does that make, I mean, does that make look, sense? Like, no, is- no knee injury. These are these are foot and ankle injuries in boot, in a boot. Okay. Uh, with Nye Black, it's his foot. Uh, with uh, 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 with Golden, I believe it's e- either foot or ankle. Uh, Vasek has been his ankle uh, now. So my my point being, this isn't knee injury, broken broken tibia or any anything like that. Ankle tears. Yeah. 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 Don't no no Achilles anything like that. These are normal issues. But I do want to say that those guys, because of that are not participating full bore in quote unquote underwear workouts. Yeah. Lack of better term for y'all. I but mean, I if, it, if it, bad news would be a 17 uh, scooter pile up somewhere around the facility. <laughs> okay. Like a, a 17 scooter rack up and everybody goes down. That's what would be concerning. I think we're, we're, we're good now. Uh, what, at what point is a injury concerns for Vossi? I, I think they're there already. I mean, he's had a, it's been nagging injuries. He's had a little back, a little ankle. He's had a tough time staying healthy to this point. Now, there have been a lot of guys come through Texas that have had a tough time staying uh, healthy at the beginning of their careers. Bob Shipley's on here and can talk about uh, Jordan Shipley uh, uh, all the time about how he struggled with health early and then he got healthy and had a great career. So, um, you know, there's no magic bullet here for these guys. Some of them are going to battle injury. Um, it, it's, and, you know, you hope Vossett gets healthy to where he can show what he can actually do because I, I think he he has a chance to be a very good player if he can get healthy. Hey, guys. Uh, something Jerry, you and I were talking about this before we went on the air. But Texas next year, their opponents. You know, we, yes. we've, we've looked at the projected win totals, all that stuff. But when you break it down, the opponents they'll face next season went 84-69 and 69 overall last year. That's a 54.9% win percentage. Only six teams on this upcoming season had a winning record last season, and only three finished the season ranked. Could you ask for a much, not not easier schedule, but a a schedule that sets you up that well heading into your first year of the SEC? No, you can't. That's a great first-year schedule. And you've had a little luck with it, Harbaugh leaving Michigan, right? I mean, um, Napier is struggling at Florida. Um, to get that corner turned in year two. Um, and they have such a brutal schedule before they ever get to Austin. You know, obviously Mississippi State's gone through a tough period of time. Uh, they're in a lot of transition in a short amount of time. Uh, so, but there's been a lot of things go on. A- again, and like how many first first time starting quarterbacks at those schools, first year starting quarterbacks are on the schedule. Uh, it couldn't be more favorable for Texas. We've talked about this a lot. I mean, it couldn't be more favorable for Texas next year as far as the schedule goes. Um, but, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, again, it's just like last year. The expectations are much higher for Texas. But if you go win in Michigan in week two, even though it's a different Michigan team than the one that physically beat everybody up this year and won the national title, if you go win that game, it raises the bar even uh, once again, Bobby. It's no, diff- it's no different than Alabama a year ago no out of conference, et cetera. Um, so, I mean, I, I feel like that's, you know, it could be, it could tell the tale of the, of the season in some regards, right? Like if they go up there to Ann Arbor, just like they did in Tuscaloosa and win, I mean, I'll say this, they do that. What Texas coach in back-to-back years has had road wins as good as Michigan and Alabama. I mean, seriously, that's a good point. 
I mean, I, Texas, uh, Mac Brown had Ohio State. That was his best. Ohio State and Nebraska were really his best road wins, right? They, well, not including the Rose Bowl, but, <laughs> you know, that, that does, that's more of a bowl game. My, my point being is that that's a sign to all involved that Texas is, is playing for keeps right now. And a couple of comments uh, regarding what we're talking about. Leon says, OU has a pretty tough first-year schedule. Yeah, I would ar- definitely argue that it's tougher than than Texas. For their sure. first, I believe their first SEC game is on the road at Auburn. Yeah. Welcome to the SEC. <laughs> definitely. And then EC Sideline Troll says, what's tough is even if they don't have a great record, A&M and Arkansas will always give us more than other teams, and those are away games. That's true. Let's, and, and I think it's so interesting because people don't understand the Arkansas, the value of the Arkansas rivalry. A&M, we've already told. I mean, that's the one that if, of anything that I've got going on right now, that's the one that I've kind of got circled as, you know, look, it's I I, I feel like I, I just feel like there's so much involved in that game that you can't overstate it. I mean, this, that game has been missed by so many people for so long in the state of Texas. It's ridiculous. So, All right, y'all. Well, let's take some questions here. And uh, let's start with this one from Captain Americano. He says, I'm super excited about the return of Chris Gilbert to the staff, as are a lot of people. I know we have deep, I know he has deep connections in the DFW area, but what recruits does this help us with the most in the 25 or 26 class? Uh, There'll be a lot of names thrown out there, but I'll say this. Look, I said this yesterday. I think Chris Gilbert's a great hire to have come back. Do I think it's the difference maker in a DeCorean Moore recruitment? No, I don't. And that's not a slight at all. That's just, that's just not the way this works. Um, I think Chris Gilbert is, it was a great hire. I think he's got so many connections along I-20 and in DFW. Uh, again, I think it's a great hire. I think it was a great idea by Jeff Banks when this when Sarkin was hired and Jeff Banks came with him from Alabama, that that was the thought of how to help fix DFW. Mac had similar uh, thoughts when he got to Texas and hired Bruce Chambers, right? Um, but Texas had been struggling in DFW under Herman. Had some, they had to repair some relationships, to be honest. Uh, no so that was a great thought by Jeff Banks. I think I think it's impactful. Uh, I'm not diminishing the impact of it, but recruiting's changed. It's a different game. I mean, Colin Simmons went to Texas, and Chris Gilbert wasn't there. So DeCorian Moore's decision, people ask about him a lot, is not going to be made because of Chris Gilbert being at Texas versus North Texas. That's not what, what's going to happen. What I do think it happens is just continued relationships uh, with, with coaches in the DFW area, young kids coming up. Uh, when you coached in along I-20 for as long as Chris Gilbert did, you know these kids' families, right, from youth ball all the way up. So it's all those connections outside the kid um, in a lot of these instances. But it's a great hire. And I said yesterday, I think one of the things that makes it a great rehire, let's call it, is a- a- Texas a and really focused on DFW right now. Um, so the, I think this was a great counter. Not that this was a counter hire. But it ends up being a great counter hire uh, for Steve Sarkeesian to get Chris Gilbert back in the fold. What does it also helps him at Cedar Hill a little bit? I mean, down in there, I, I think to Jerry's point, this isn't a, a hire that's going to necessarily make you win those recruiting battles. But part of the recruiting battle 
is getting into the top three yeah. of a recruit, right? Then you the real recruiting battle begins. You have to, because not everybody's going to really truly consider 20 schools or 15 schools that have offered. They're going to decide between three or four schools that they've really kind of narrowed it into, Jerry. And Chris Gilbert is a guy, because of his connections, that helps you get to that top three or four, and then it gets really into it, right? I and mean, that's that's what you're describing is he's a a piece of the puzzle that is really helpful. It, it helps cut through the morass to make sure you're one of the three or four. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Well, one of our special guests are here today. So, Jerry, I'm going to let you introduce him while I bring him in. Look, uh, yeah, Nathan Daughtry uh, uh, is a he trains guys in the DFW area up in that McKinney Allen area. I've been following on social media for years. Um, he, he, I want to bring him on today. One, he's really good at his job, and they do a great job. And I'll let him tell, uh, kind of give a crawl, uh, tell people about Kroll Fitness. But he has trained Xavier Philsamy. Uh, Zena uh, has Riley Pettis on now. So before Tech Texas fans are Nader about to see Phil Simi and Zena on the field, but you've been working with them for a long time, and you can yeah. kind of give these guys a preview. But thank you very much for joining us, taking yeah. time out of a busy morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Coach Nate. Uh, I work for Crawl Fitness. I've been here for about 14 years now, um, and we've just been really blessed in the last probably three or four years to really tap into like some super high level athletes. Um, yeah, I got to work with X and uh, Zena a lot this past year. Um, Jonathan Agamadu is one of my guys. Yeah. Uh, he was from Pierce high school and he transferred to McKinney. And that was one of the best things that ever could have happened to me because he introduced me to a lot of guys over there like Xavier and, uh, you know, he's really good friends with Zena and Nigel Smith is another guy we've had since he was a freshman in high school. Him and Zena were really good buddies, too. So, uh, yeah, those those two guys, Zena and Xavier, um, they're special. Xavier, I would he's a guy who's super athletic. You know, I think he's a kid that could he could impact a football game on either side of the of the field, to be honest with you, offensively or defensively. And he's great at special teams. Um, now, I think, you know, he'll thrive when they put him there and just on that defense and start to put weight and size on him. Um, and then Zena, too. Like, I got to work with Zena a lot. Um, we got pretty close over the summer. And uh, he's one who I think is, is really special. I think his ceiling – I think both their ceiling is really high – uh, Zena has some things that you just can't coach. He has size, he has length, hands are big. Um, and he's a kid who he just works super hard. Like he's got, he's got some real dog in him. So I, I think, think both of those guys will be something they can build that defensive round. And, uh, I, I really would expect big things out of both of those guys, not just being biased. Like they, they, they're special. Nate, uh, thanks for joining us. I'm Bobby Burton. I, uh, the question I have for you, bud, I was told this morning that Nate, I, that you're talking about Xavier Phil to me. One of the quotes was just a really good football demeanor, like in practice, out there working out, just has that kind of no nonsense football demeanor. 
you, yep. you, you see that? Those guys are, yeah, they're great like that. Like, we work so hard in here. You know, we push the guys. The guys push themselves at their – those guys will go to, like, their, their workouts in the summertime, like in the morning. They'll go home for a couple hours, and then they'll come in here, and they'll work with me. So they'll do extra work with me. Um, and when we're done, like, drenched in sweat, super tired, and those guys are always asking for just a little bit more right before they leave. Um, and that's really what separates a lot of those super special guys is they really are driven. It's more than just, I want to be a football player. Cause a lot of guys want to play college football, but you got to really put in a lot of time and work. And I don't think people really understand how much time these kids put in. I mean, you know, you're doing an hour and a half of, you know, strength work and conditioning, and then they come in and they do another hour and a half with me, uh, speed and agility stuff. And we may be a little more specific on our lifts so we don't double dip and keep doing the same things. And then a lot of times those guys will go out and they'll work with a skill coach. Um, very detailed. The guys show up on time. They do all their their dynamics. They do all their stretches. Like they're, they're on autopilot. And then when it's time to work out, we just, we just go. Um, and they're, they're, they're great to train. Like they're, they're a great group of guys. Hey, hey Nate, um, I think Blake's going to play uh, the Riley Pettijon that you <laughs> yeah. put on Twitter yesterday. Or he put it out. Talk, yeah. So Riley Pettijon, one of the top 25 linebackers in the country. Tell, tell Texas fans about him because I've seen him in person, but you can explain this much better than I can. He's special. Yeah, I've, I've said that about a couple guys, but he is. Like, he's got – I take that kid right there over any kid in his class on defense. He is, he's got all the intangibles, the kid, he's has size, he has strength, he has speed. He has a good pedigree. Um, he has a, a nose for the ball. He's smart. You know, he has a lot going for him and he works super hard. Um, Thursdays when he comes in here with me, we, we kind of just focus on stretching and we work plyometrics pretty hard. Um, Cause he's running track right now. So we don't want him too beat up. He has a track meet this weekend. Um, and we just work on things like that for him to be super explosive and Riley embraces it. You know, he's been, he's a kid, I think who's blessed to have older guys ahead of him, like Zena and Xavier and Jonathan and all those guys. Like I know zoo went to a different high school than those guys, but they're all, they're all tight. Like they come in here and, they put all that stuff aside and they work super hard. And, and, and Riley, I've had him for a, a little over a year now. And he is that kid's Saturday ready right now. So I'll be excited for him to have a great senior year. And whoever gets that kid is they're going to get a kid that's going to change their defense. I have no doubt about it. I, 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 I got to ask you because I, I would have, uh, hold on one second, Jared. I would have like torn two Achilles rip the hamstring, <laughs> right. uh, trying to do – just get off the thing with the, with the weight on my chest. Um, yeah. hey, Nate, do us a favor and tell people that have young players, maybe there's some people listening, or some older guys that are looking for extra work, where exactly Kroll Fitness is, and, and uh, give a shout-out for your own business, bud. Yeah, we're in Richardson, Richardson, Texas. We're right off of George Bush, so we're pretty, we're pretty easy to get to right now. It's 401 – uh, George Bush Highway, Richardson, Texas. Um, also, you guys could get on Crawl Fitness. 
C-R-U-L-L-Fitness.com. We have a website there. Um, you guys can schedule, you know, anybody can schedule a training session with me or any of our coaches. All of our coaches are great. Um, I've just been, I've been really blessed with some of the athletes I've had over the years that helped me build my business. Um, but yeah, we're in Richardson, open seven days a week. I'm here at 530 in the morning, five days a week here till 7 p.m. most days too. So yeah, hit me up. We have kids from nine years old to professional. So if you, if you want to get, if you want to train, you know, hit, hit me up and come on in. Hey, hey, Nate, last question I have, because I know you got a busy morning and I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to check in with us and we'll have you on again. So one question Texas fans have asked for over a year now, how big do you, do people think Zena's frame will get? What kind of weight do you think will be a good weight for him to carry uh, as a college football player, do you do you have some thought? You have, you must have the best thoughts on that having worked for work that kid's here. His frame, they have so much potential to put the size on him. I think Jonathan told me two days ago. I don't want to say the wrong. I, I feel like he told me uh, Zena weighs like two hundred forty pounds now. Okay, and if he's up to that now, like he, he's, they're gonna just put it on him because he's so he's so long, and I think people sometimes look at a guy like him on the outside looking in and think he's kind of lean but he's not like he's a big strong kid and typically guys with those longer limbs struggle with like a bench press or a squat and he's not like that like he is just he's built different i'm telling you guys like he is he's a special special kid and i think he'll do great at texas so i think the sky's the limit for him and we had a guy um trevor goosby yeah from melissa he's out there and he was another he was good size when he graduated, but you could see on his frame he had so much more to put on, and uh, and they've done that with him. So yeah, he'll thrive in that weight room. I told the guys from when they left over the summer, weight room won't be an issue for those guys. The tough part is when they go out there and condition them. You know, that's hard for anybody. Um, but yeah, those guys are great in the weight room. So I I would expect him to put on exactly what size they want him to be and, and he'll stay fast and strong and athletic. They don't just want to put a bunch of weight on him. Hey, Nate, I, don't know, I don't know when the last time you saw Trevor was be six, eight, three fifteen now. Or oh three, my gosh. Is he really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's just, you know, it, it's tough. It's, it's, it's awesome when those kids graduate and leave and go to college, but it's sad because we don't get to see him quite as much. Right. Um, so I haven't seen him in a while, but that's, I mean, I don't, I'm not surprised. He, he's the same as all the other guys. He just works. He works so hard. And I know Texas has a great program and the best facilities you can have. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's killing it out there. I was going to ask you, uh, you're, you're out, you're, you're not in the program, but you've seen what Texas does with some of the players and, and heard some feedback. What do you hear about Tory Beckton and his crew from a strength and conditioning standpoint at UT? They love him. He's more, uh, I guess, kind of like an old school guy. Just get in there. Uh, you know, it's pretty cut and dry. Like they're working hard, moving heavy weight, moving it fast. Keep the guys, keep the guys moving. Um, yeah, it's. I I haven't heard anything but positive feedback from him. Good stuff. I know Nate. The guys, we, yeah, the guys love it. Good. Nate, we really appreciate it, buddy. Again, Kroll Fitness off of George Bush up in Richardson, Texas. Yes, uh, if you've got a son uh, that wants to get into the weight room or uh, anybody in between, 
Give them a shout, Nate. Son, daughter, either one. We we train them all. Yeah, you got they got Division One volleyball players track. I think they got a girl that runs at Michigan that trains with you. Yeah, my my other girl at Michigan, Sydney Green. She is uh, she's awesome. Uh, Her older brother Teray plays at Grambling. He plays football, and that was my first group of kids. They were from Allen, Texas, uh, high school about seven eight years ago. Taylon Green, he's the quarterback at Arkansas. Who Texas will face this year? Yeah, I love that kid. Like he, him, and Teray and Grant Robinson's at Furman. Drew Donnelly's at Texas State. Those guys right there, uh, they're indebted to like they're in my will. I love those guys. They uh, they kind of help me turn a corner and start getting some like big time guys in here, and I, I appreciate those guys and. Uh, yeah, it's been awesome, man. And so, so Sydney, yeah, she's out at Michigan. She's a freshman. She's she's killing it already as a freshman. So look for that girl to do some big things too in the future. Nate, uh, hey, you, so got, you got to tell Red hello. He's a Texas grad, man. He probably he, is, knows, man. he probably knows on Texas football. Yeah, he's a he's a Texas guy. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm a Texas Nate, fan Nate. now too. <laughs> there you go. Nate, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Longhorn yeah. fans appreciate it as well. Uh, as, as well, and best luck for Riley, me. Riley Pettijohn, and those guys too. Take care. No Nate yep. Thanks, Thanks guys. See you. Thanks. Have a good Have a good morning, buddy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Man, good there, Jerry. Good, good guest. I, you know, I, I enjoy uh, hearing from people that are actually, how do I want to put it? They're in the muck. Yes. You know, they're they're in it and living it every day. While fans, I mean, we 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 follow it, etc. But those guys, they they know what it takes for Riley Pettijohn, Zena Umiozulu, um, uh, Xavier Filsami to make that and take that next step. Uh, and so I think it's guys like that, uh, good, good people. Good, Look, good people. Why, no. why, why he's so awesome to have on and he's awesome to talk to. This is one of, these are the people I like to talk to in this business. To your point, Bobby, who sees Xavier Filsamy when he's really tired? Is he going to make, is he going to take that next step, that last rep? What, where is he in the fourth quarter of a workout? Because where those guys are at in the fourth quarter of the workout will tell you a lot about where they're going to be in the fourth quarter as football players and how they're going to handle the move to Power 5 football and the demands of the strength and conditioning program and being in a program with high expectations. And that guys like Nate are invaluable to talk to in the business. And just think about that. I mean, and we'll have him on again, but he was starting working with Trevor Gooseby, I'm sure, I, I, probably when he was 6'5", 230, right? I mean yep. – 
So he's he gets to really watch these guys develop and see who's process oriented, which is so big for all these top highly ranked guys. You have to be process oriented to maximize your potential. And so those are great people to talk to. Thank you very much. Yes, they do train for basketball as well, champ. They they work with guys all sports uh training specific to that sport. Uh, so they do a great job over there. And one of the I think the co-owner Red uh, is a Texas graduate. They, one of the guys was on the 2018 American bobsled team that trained. I was just reading there. that. Did you see that, Blake? Yeah, that's crazy. Johnny, he was on the he was on the uh, bobsled, the U.S. bobsled team, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. All right, before we move on, Bobby, I'm gonna let you tell folks out there about Factor and their amazing meals. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Uh, they've been doing it for me for the last few weeks now, feeling great. Uh, they have two-minute meals. You literally, they're always fresh. You put them in the microwave. You fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. I had the sun-dried tomato chicken uh, with some vegetables me yesterday. Too. I am on a, on a little bit of a weight loss kick here. Uh, so I'm taking the, the calorie smart version of uh, Factor. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, whether it's keto, calorie smart, veggie, whatever you want. They also have uh, snacks, smoothies, and more. They have 55 nutrition-packed add-ons. I think Jerry and Blake, you guys like those uh, morning cayenne pepper shots. Yes. I can't do those. My, <laughs> my stomach will go Nuts if I did that that early in the morning, I'd stick to coffee, as y'all know. Uh, but Factor has been terrific. Uh, it literally eliminates having to think about what I'm going to go do for lunch, getting out and doing whatever. They also have flexibility for your schedule. Uh, you can get as much or as little as you need on a week-by-week basis, choosing six to 18 meals a week. So you can also do it with your wife or not. Plus, you can pause or reschedule deliveries at any time. Uh, they have an online app that you are online presence that you can do that. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com forward slash Texas 50 and use code Texas 50 to get 50% off. That's Texas 50. That's code Texas 50 at factormeals.com forward slash Texas 50 to get 50% off. I've really enjoyed uh, Factor the last month or so that I've been using uh, factormeals.com forward slash Texas 50 for 50% off. I had that same chicken yesterday, Bobby. It was really good. The same. Uh, it's amazing. I, it's like the best. I, I really, I don't know how to say this, but like I, I try to eat chicken and not red meat all the time. Right. And that's I'm getting, I'm 54, you know, and uh, it's just the pork chop was good on Monday the, the chicken was good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just they do a really, really nice job of seasoning chicken. Chicken, I don't know how they do it. Yeah, because chicken has always been that that you know that if you just want to eat lean real quick, you get it. But they've done a tremendous job. Uh, by the way, I I did back to back cayenne pepper uh, shots uh, the other day just to see if the iron stomach can handle it and the flying colors it did well. Hey, by the way, UT Tyler guy has a good interesting question. I think it was at 847. Yes. Yeah. So he says, I'm curious with Coach Banks being at Texas AM and Alabama before recruiting for them, how does the coach move to a new school, now Texas, and recruit? And how does the message differ 
Bobby, I think that's actually a fun question to talk about. Um, maybe one day, maybe one day when uh, Tim Brewster retires, we'll have him on here because he's recruited <laughs> for about 15 different schools at this point um, uh, in all conferences. But, you know, I think the main thing is guys are going to change jobs, right? They change the polo shirt, um, but they walk in the door and it's still it's still the same. Hey, what's going on? Right. I mean, the relationships are built in and, and that's what makes. You know, guys like Jeff Banks, you know, at AM, at Alabama, Texas, obviously he was a couple of places before that. But we were talking a decade now of stops at high schools in Texas, decade plus, out in Arizona. I mean, look, when he was at AM, Christian Kirk, Kyle Allen. I mean, he's the one that got those guys the ball uh, going for Texas AM on both those NFL players, right? Um, so, he has those years and years of built-in relationships. So the relationships don't change. Uh, I, well, I've seen some of this happen before, just being at a high school, visiting with a coach the same day a coach comes in with a different polo on. And the jokes are kind of funny, Bobby, um, between the coaches and, uh, you know, amongst themselves, right? But I think the message is is a pretty, is a pretty interesting topic. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Because we could go a, we, we could go a lot of different directions on that. Well, if I'm Jeff Banks or Tim Brewster or that, my my piece on it is I'm telling you that the universities are what are living organisms. And what I mean by that is it's about the people that are there. And I'm one of the people that are there and I'm going to try to help you through this process. Right. And so a university just in and of itself is is just a place to go to school. But it's the people that make it come alive. And I'm I'm thinking that that is a big deal. You know, uh, that's how guys like Jeff Banks and their enthusiasm make sense. Uh, Tashard Choice, I'm sure, recruits the, the same way. Yep. It's, it's a little piece of him that's at Texas, right? It's not just the University of Texas. And so I feel like that's important. And the best recruiters are able uh, to get – you know, to get that uh, piece across and that mentioned across. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian has recruited at every single place he's been and he carries with him the pedigree of, uh, of quarterbacks. Right. Yeah. And so it's no different with Jeff Banks. It's no different with all of these coaches. We talked about it before college coaching is a nomad, a, what I call a nomadic profession. I mean, they literally move so frequently that uh, they have to uh, be in that category of understanding, hey, I'm, I'm wearing the, the Longhorn Silhouette logo right now, but next year I could be at, you know, Utah State or where, I mean, what, where did uh, Nevada with Jeff Choate, right? So my point being, all of that uh, just, just filters into one idea that, you know, you're representing who you're representing in that time. And I think they lean into themselves and then maybe a couple of niche or niche things that are unique to Texas. So what's unique to AM? I, you know, could say a lot of things, but it's got that, it's got the core and it's kind of tucked away in a rural setting, uh, whatever. Texas is the flagship institution of the state in the city of Austin. Lean into that a little bit, you know, and then talk about how you can help them grow from there. I think each place is a little different, and that's what they try to try to get about. I think one thing, too, is, um, look, I can't speak for a Jeff Banks conversation, uh, but what I can say is 
you know, I have all this. Bobby has all this in his memory bank over our years covering this. So these guys are no different. You know, if you sat here and had a conversation with Tim Brewster today, Bobby, he'd be talking about Jerome Sapp and Rod Baber's recruitment um, and the staff at Lamar. And he'd talk about Vince Young's recruitment. Who was the champion of that recruitment? Who did you have to actually get to? They have all this in their memory bank. So when Jeff Banks goes from AM to Alabama to Texas, he knows the history of University of Texas football. He's been recruiting against Texas. So he knows the history. He knows the players that have come out. He recruited some of those players, even though they went when he was at AM, even if they went to different schools, Alabama, no different. So these guys carry that history and they have a lot of references to make in these conversations. Um, so, like, I, I have a, too much in my memory. Those guys too, do too as well in recruiting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he knows what, what Texas's weak spots are. Yeah. I mean, he knew it going into the in, into it. Uh, hey, I, I just got a text from Tim Brewster, by the way, uh, as we were talking here. I said, Tim, you got to come on the show. And he goes, absolutely, bro. Let me know when. There so you we'll go. Tim Brewster on here, here uh, next week or week after. Uh, so. uh, Champ Bailey, do you remember covering the Brew McCoy recruitment? I mean, in that recruitment still going? <laughs> Is that one finally over? It, it took a year. It, it took a good two years for that one to settle out, didn't it? Yeah. Three. Oh, something else. That uh, that kind of reminds me of this question that we had a second ago, if I can find it. Uh, and it said, do you have any, oh, here we go, from Kimi, do you have any interesting Lake Sea Shrunk stories from your time scouting him? I will say I covered him multiple times, and he was an extremely nice kid. That's about the only thing I have, but he was always, like, very, very nice and pleasant to talk to, so... I don't know if you're looking for something juicy, but I don't have. I, well, I mean, look, there are a lot of guys involved in that recruitment, and I, I do remember it. Um, uh, the, look, here's the the reality of it: a lot of what was going on then is now commonplace today. That's the that's the reality of it. Uh, those guys uh, that were involved in that recruitment today, they're still around. Um, and my point is, is that what was just starting back then with marketing reps, et cetera, has become commonplace today. Yeah. So very, very, very similar like that. All right, y'all plenty of time to get your questions in still. We're going to talk football. We'll talk baseball here in a little bit. But first, let's start with this super chat from Bob Caldwell. Thank you, Bob, for the super chat. He says, well, Texas season hinge on mistakes such as brain-dead major penalties at critical times, fumbles, etc., culture needs to include mental discipline. I agree. I, and that, see, see, Bob's got, Bob's right in that it's the small things that yeah. add up to big things, right? Um, Texas did not, one of the things that they improved year over year, if you take yourself back to last year versus 2022, so 2023 versus 2022, fewer critical penalties, fewer poor snaps, um, fewer, I mean, just fewer turnovers in critical situations. Yet they still made plays in key situations. In 2022, it was the the uh, Anthony Cook caused fumble against Hunter Deckers at Iowa State, against Iowa State, right? You could see that really hitting it, okay? My point being uh, that, it is the small things. 
look, tech, we're all talking like Texas is back right now. What if what if Kansas State scores on that fourth down? Exactly. It, it's the small things that you have to do repeatedly over and over and over to become a great program. Texas is not has not fully dominated that way, right? So they have to keep looking to get better and better and better and better. And those small things are how you do it. I, I completely agree. I've said this a few times. I'm going to keep banging the drum. I think it's a great year. It's 2024 season is a great season to be Steve Sarkeesian and the staff. Uh, because this team got close last year to climbing the mountaintop, but they didn't get there. Those teams normally come back with great focus. It very rarely do you see a t- that team that almost got to the height of the uh, of the sport come back and then not be focused. So I think it's a great year to be Tory Beckton in the offseason, Steve Sarkeesian and the staff, because this is still a hungry team. The toughest thing uh, in college sports is after you climb the mountaintop. The next group of recruits that come in, do those guys just expect it to happen versus understanding how to make it happen and the why it happened? So I think Texas is in such a great place right now. And I say that to answer the question in my normal long-winded fashion. Getting these guys' attention on the little things is not going to be difficult this year. There's there there's that little meat left on the bone in this program and with this team. It's a great year to be Steve Sarkeesian and the staff. Uh, so we're going to take this one from Burgermeister. He says, how about the NCAA banning schools from decorating hotel rooms of recruits on office? On okay, official we, visit? We need to address, address this, Bobby. Then after that, let's address the si- early signing period likely moving up two weeks. Okay. I don't know if you saw that, but December 4th is kind of what they're saying. Uh, this was the first one. Okay. I'm going to, I don't want to go off here, but I mean, I don't, what are we doing here? Like, the NCAA is like, that's where kids build their name, image, and likeness is through social media. And, and I know that's not the point of this, but now you're almost trying to slow that process down in a way. It, that's this the way is exact, Syracuse Horn, re-put re what Syracuse Horn put up, please. The, the decorating is. thing just seems petty. It is petty. That's the whole problem with the NCAA. They are trying to reshuffle deck chairs on the Titanic. Yes. Why? How does that even become a thing? Why do you even care? Because it's an extra fifteen hundred dollars um, on the on the on the on the budget line that they don't want LaSalle University to pay, but Texas can do it. It, it makes no sense. The, I mean, the photo, the photo shoots too. I mean, look. To be real, this is where a lot of these kids start building their social media brands. Is on these visits with the photo shoots. That's a big part of this process. So now I'm like, and while I don't think it's like some end all be all in recruiting, I think it's overrated in recruiting. But I do think it's awesome for the fans. One to see these kids, but two, it's awesome for the for the prospects. But it's almost like, again, like the NCA said, no, nah, we're going to battle back against this whole NIL thing, which we already lost on. That is hurting a kid's name, image, and likeness, branding ability. It oh, makes zero I mean, sense. I'm not, look, I'm not a cookie cake fan. So I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm just, I'm like, what are they even doing? That That's the problem I have. It's not ruining name, image, and likeness to me. It's like, 
it's like a homeowner's association. They act like a homeowner's association that it's over officious. That, is that, I mean, has ever, anybody ever had that where you've been in a homeowner's association and they want you to paint your mailbox because it, it's like turned a little bit of a color? I mean, that, that's like the NCAA is like a homeowner's association. Hey, that's, by the way, what, what thoughts, Bob, thoughts on the early signing? A really period. crappy one, by the way. Right. Yes. Thoughts on NCAA signing period, the early period, maybe moving up what that December for before the conference championship weekend i i don't think there's a good time in december i don't either is my problem i we talked about this i mean when they moved it into december i didn't think it was a good time and people want to do it before in august that that's okay but i mean geez then you're making the the schools make decisions on guys that may get injured during a football season I mean, now some of them already do it, but um, I, I've always, I, I still don't understand why not just have February signing day. It, everything's done. People have two or three weeks to go out and re-recruit, get everything done. Why Why did they try to make it a December signing period? I don't they, know. They, well, the argument is the early enrollees. Well, come on. That's easy. They, they, they sign the scholarship papers and they move on, right? And, and that, that's that's easy, right? I mean, that's the argument. Um, you know, I've always been for a late Jan, late July and then February because I think in late July, 20% of kids would actually sign. The kids that are going to school X come hell or high water are going to sign early. The, the rest of those kids wouldn't sign early. Now, you'd have your early enrollees, which is 17 to, what, 22 kids in the Texas class this year, 17 to 22 early enrollees. That's going to continue to be a trend. Um, but I just, I think you have an early period. I think you have a late period. This December 4th, whatever day that would be, it doesn't help the coach, college coaches. It does a little bit because it's before the portal window opens. Does it solve a problem? No, it just masks a big old deficiency is what it does. And then uh, we have a question while we're on the subject of that. And I don't know if y'all are familiar enough with it to comment on it, but uh, VFL TexX says thoughts on ESPN jumping in the lawsuit between FSU and the ACC. I don't know enough about that to comment right now. Let me read up on it. We can talk about it next week. I, I don't know enough. I Look, I am. Uh, all, I, all I will say as it relates to that is it's coming. This the whole idea, and we've talked about it, is it's going to come down to the idea that uh there are going to be two big conferences that have some other people that are interested. And I think that's more about the 14 uh team playoff than the 12. My understanding right now is they're negotiating a little bit of okay, yes, the champions of certain conferences get in. But how many SEC and Big Ten teams, at minimum, are going to be part of that 14? Uh, Bobby, I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing at Space City Raiders. Oh, he's right. I mean, if you continue to decade, decorate what's, rooms. What, look, what's what, 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 I'll tell you what they'll do. Yeah. They'll send an investigative committee to you, put you in administrative, you know what, for the next three years, and then do nothing. Because the rule will have changed again. I mean, what's NCAA going to have somebody at the Four Seasons? 
uh, on big official visit weekend, checking the rooms. I mean, what are we talking about here? It doesn't make sense. It's just, it's more rules for the idea of rules. Yeah. And that, it just doesn't make sense. It's not, why? Why would you not allow them to do that? Welcome kids. I mean, anyways, it's it's just kind of silly. Y'all see the SEC and Big Ten kicking lower tiered teams out. I, I think that's an interesting discussion moving forward. I, I, like, I think Vanderbilt's got a place in the SEC forever, right? More, more than football, I mean, great academic institution, strong baseball, um, strong I, goal. I mean, but they want to win. Yeah. Even the big schools need a win. Yes. I mean, uh, there's a reason Rutgers is in the Big Ten and not moving. It, you know, there's uh, – I'll just, I'll just put it that way. Indiana. I mean, Indiana's a great basketball school, big, big state school, but are they a factor in football or have they been a factor in football in 30 years, 40 years? No. I mean, I – there's a reason you need those. You need those teams. All right, Jerry, you mentioned baseball and Vanderbilt. So I need to tell everybody out there about Chinook Cedary. Baseball season is here, which means you got to have the essentials ready for those nine innings of fun. And by that, I mean sunflower seeds. They're a must win. Are they a must when it comes to baseball? And Chinook Cedary has you covered with eight unique flavors to choose from. You'll definitely find a flavor you love, whether you're taking them on a camping trip going on the wide open road, or coast course heading to the ball game. Chinook has crafted the best tasting sunflower seeds on the planet, and their unique flavors are made from real foods and spices. That means real Parmesan cheese, authentic hatch chilies, freshly harvested dill, and a whole lot of, whoa, these might be the best seeds ever. And whether you're actually in the game or just watching it, you can grab a bag of Chinook. Find them in your favorite store or go online, ChinookSeedry.com, and seeds the day. With Chinook, you like those, huh, huh Blake? Oh man, the, they have this. It's like Parmesan and pepper. Oh, it sounds like a crazy mix. They're, they're phenomenal. My my son got me hooked on them, and they're they are hands down my favorite sunflower seed. Hey, but, uh, real quick, I wanted to hit on something. Um, so I went to the Hitchcock Anawak uh, second round basketball game last night, um, and this is was fun. It was fun because one Hitchcock won state last year in basketball and they're favored to do it again this year. But what's fun about going to games like this um, and Kelshawn Johnson starts at point guard, uh, Lloyd Jones, the Texas tech quarterback commitment starts uh, power forward. Um, they have four division one football players that start. And then they have a six, five junior wing player who is a division one basketball player. So that's how you win state in three. Uh, there's a kid named, uh, Damian McDaniel that's going to UNLV way under recruited in football. He'll be a portal up guy in a couple of years. As good on the ball defenders I've seen in high school basketball in many years. But the fun thing about going to these games is I was sitting third, fourth row. And so you kind of hear the conversations behind you, right? Especially at halftime. And I'll just say this, the Hitchcock fan base will be surprised if Kelshawn Johnson doesn't commit the Texas Longhorns uh, uh, by the start of his senior season. That would surprise the Hitchcock fan base. So let's see where it goes. I uh, like, I like that, Jerry. You're dropping a little nugget here. At, uh, there you go. That, that's, like why that. you, well, that's why you go to basketball games when football recruits are playing because you can just sit there in the conversations. I mean, everybody's talking like people, like 
there was a group of guys sitting a couple of rows behind me last year that go to all these or last night they go to all these Galveston County things. So you heard Jonah Williams OU talk, you heard Kelshawn Johnson Texas talk. These are guys in the community, right, Bobby? And they just talk to people. It, it, barber shop. It's the oh, it's the old school. See that still that still exists in the state of Texas. Yes, that kind of community where it, and it it doesn't happen a lot. It happens in some suburban schools and areas. But it really happens, Blake, where you're out in West Texas. <laughs> yeah. It happens in East Texas. It happens in the smaller schools where you got the guys that, you know, they don't have anything better to do than go to the high school basketball game that night. There aren't Their kids are already gone off to college in a way. So they head over with their buddies and they go check out the basketball game. Yep. I, I love it. I, yeah. That's what it's all about. And, and by the way, and by the way, Texas high school sports. Hitchcock won 82-30, and when I'm here to tell you it could have been 120-20. to 20, And this really, was a playoff game? Second round. Okay. But it, it, just think about at a 3A level, which used to be 2A, right? So think about having four Division I football players. Okay. There's another kid, Bryce Dorsey, going to Memphis. Then there's Kelshawn and Lloyd-Jones. Then this, the best basketball players is the 6'5 junior. They start three juniors. 6'5 junior to – that can this is a division one talent. Okay. But think about having two guys go into division one that you're going to play defensive back, uh, Damian McDaniel and Dorsey. And then having Kelshawn Johnson, who's a probably top hundred kid in the country or should be. Think about those three guys pressing, trapping, guarding the basketball at the small school level. If they have any basketball sense at all, it was total domination last night. I'm telling you, this Damian McDaniel kid defensively is off the charts. I mean, he must have created 12 turnovers last night and did it without even trapping. He has got unbelievable hand-eye coordination. Uh, but we'll see if Hitchcock repeats as a state champion. The only reason they wouldn't, guys, if any Hitchcock guys are listening, is if y'all fall in love at the three-point line and have a three-for-25 game at the wrong time. <laughs> it's the only reason Hitchcock won't win state again. Phil Dieter says, has anybody noticed the softball team? They are playing with passion and want to. Yes, they are 8-0. Uh, 89 and 9 is what they've outscored their opponents through those eight games. That's unbelievable. And I think yep. they played five or six games this weekend, including a uh, top 15 matchup against Stanford. So, uh, Antoine, Antoine, you're correct. Elijah Sherwood is the that's the junior 6'5 guard wing at Hitchcock. He is their best player. He is very good. All right, y'all. We got time for a few more questions here. Uh, and we'll take some team related questions. Let's start with this one from James Henson. He says, hey, guys, how's the winter conditioning going for Sadir Mitchell? Uh, he's in better shape this year than he was last year, uh, is what I've been told. Uh, so not surprising. He's finishing more drills. When he first got to Texas, there was a lot of uh, barfing going on during the middle of drills, if you get my, my picture. He's finishing more drills. I don't know that he's in the greatest of shape, though. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Like Alex January, I was told, is in much better shape than Sadir Mitchell at the same time frame. So uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, he's got six more months here. If he's making progress, it generally goes pretty quick. Uh, we'll say, see how he goes the rest of this spring. That's going to be that's gonna be the big one. But I did hear uh, some positive things in that he's going the right direction. We'll see. A funny thing about Sadir Mitchell, I, I was told this. goes, if I, I was talking to a guy that, that's close to the team, he goes, if I were to want to go have a beer with any three players on that team last year, I would have wanted to go have a, a beer with 
Jet Bush, Sadir Mitchell, and Jeray Bledsoe. Yeah. Because you never know what any of those three guys are going to say or do next. So those that, that I found that that was an interesting comment about uh, Sadir as a as a person and a personality. Now he's got he's that we had him on uh, on Texas football when he was at IMG. Him he came on did a show with us in the way back time machine, and he is a funny guy. But to to Bobby's point, that that's why he's been he's needed more time to mature. I think he was he maybe wasn't as emotionally mature as some of the other guys he came into Texas with. And that's why we talk about all the time. The, these guys are on different timelines, whether it's physically, whether it's just their growth as, as young adults. And I, and I think Sadir, that's going to be the biggest thing for him. He practiced better at the end of the year. I was told more consistently, let's say if he takes that next step between now and next year, Texas needs him to take that next step. It's going to be a big step for him in my estimation. Yeah, the, the, the comment that I was given, and I'm looking at my notes here, finishing things. Yeah. He's finishing things this year. Last year, he wasn't necessarily finishing things. It's a big step for a young kid. Uh, Joshua Reynolds, Santana Wilson did not come on. He couldn't come on that night. He had something pop up. We're going to get him on before he reports to Texas. Uh, we're going to stay on the defensive line, or defensive linemen, I guess I should say. Zane Petty says, with Trey Moore and Simmons – Will Walton and Akana get lost in the shuffle? Um, I don't think so. Billy Walton apparently having a really good winter workout. He has done nothing but ascend since he's gotten uh, to uh, Texas. Uh, Akana is playing both Edge and Sam, interestingly. Uh, and, you know, I've got some news I'm going to post on Trey Moore. Um, here's a quote that I was given today, uh, just, just this morning. He's a stud. Uh, they think that he's got the right mental makeup along with some physical attributes. He does not have the longest arms, but he is an A++ athlete is what they're saying right now. Um, and he's going to be a pro. Jerry, you and I were wondering, how is it going to translate from uh, UTSA to a bigger conference? Uh, they also like his, his uh, presence on the field. Like, they think he's a leader. We're like talking a, about a, we're talking about a guy that had Ivy League offers, right? Yeah. Wasn't highly recruited as a Division One player, of, of course. Jeff Trailer and those guys make the evaluation, bring him into UTSA from down the road there, but he made a bet on himself decision. And when he decided to bet on himself, you knew his talent level on tape because Texas, Alabama, and Ohio State were the three schools really in it, right, Bobby? So you knew the talent level on on tape. And then it says, okay, are the arms long enough in the SEC to translate? And what is he really going to be like once he gets to campus? That's a, gr that's a great report head in the spring practice. And then this next question, guys, is from Nathan Larson. He says, what do y'all think if we still have red zone blunders? Will Sark push the issue or kick the field goal now that we're going to the SEC? I don't necessarily think that change. He's not changing who he is. I thought he actually got more reserved by kicking by taking more field goals this year. Actually, um, you know, I I feel like that's probably the idea. Uh, is is to I don't I don't think they're going to fundamentally change. I don't think Sark fundamentally change changes who he is. 
And then this next question from Nate Russ. And as we said at the beginning of the show, we're 25 days away from the start of spring football and a little bit further than that from the spring game. But he wants to know, who are y'all most excited to watch in that game? Who's that guy for you? Well, no, no offense to uh, QB1. Um, his, is more, his is more game for me next year. It's going to be the most we've seen of Art since he's been at Texas. And he will take over probably next year after Quinn goes pro. And so it's going to be the most that Texas fans have got to see Arch in a competitive setting. I agree. I completely agree. I, I would I would say based on my comments and what I heard today, uh, and I will go with Trey Moore now. I want to see if he's as good as, as they're thinking he might be. Um, by the way, we've had some questions on um, – uh, Ryan Wingo yes, running 22 miles, 22 miles an hour. I mean, look, is he downwind? Is uh, you know, there's some things that go with that. But look, Ryan Wingo ran 10-6 in high school. So, 10 five. 10 five. So he he came to college at that already. Yeah, that's not surprising. Anybody that runs 10-5 is running 22. Yeah. Hit 22. Isaiah Bond would be in that category too. I tell you another guy that that I, I heard is doing well is Aaron Butler. We've talked about him. The only problem with Aaron Butler, he may be 155 pounds soaking wet, you know. So he's he's well, Xavier worthy. worthy had to leave old uniform for somebody to wear for practice, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. And so that that's his only issue, yeah. you know. And they're they're going to do that, and that's going to happen. It's going to be all right. I, I feel uh, like by the, way, by the way, Aaron Butler has elite to me, elite shiftiness, elite COD. We call it. I was I was told he's a better athlete than Xavier Worthy. Not sure he's as fast, which is what Xavier's calling card was. Right. And also, I look, I think Xavier's a tough little dude. He is tough. He's I, Fresno I mean, tough. And he played through that hand injury last year because or a year and a half, I guess two years ago now. He for his size, he's a tough dude. Um, and so I, I find it interesting that he's getting dinged a lot in the NFL draft. When he's always been the same player, he's a speed guy that wants a speed offensive threat. That's well, what Xavier Worthy is. He needs a specific setting, and when he gets it, or if he gets it, he can be terrific. If they need a guy that's going to go win one-on-one -on -one catches downfield, that's not Xavier Worthy. I, 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 here's my opinion on Worthy. There's one drill at the NFL Combine that he's either going to send or – slightly drop a little bit more. And I'm not talking third rounder. It's the gauntlet drill. Because if he goes and handles the gauntlet drill, he's going to answer questions. If he struggles in the gauntlet drill, I think some of those concerns with some teams have are, are going to be validated. We'll see. Cisco Diaz asking, can we go have a freshman season like Worthy? No, because Texas was desperate for a playmaker and wide receiver at that time. And he was the best guy on campus. Wingo's coming into a totally different situation uh, with Isaiah Bond, Matthew Golden, uh, Silas Bolden, Jontae Cook, uh, Nye Black, Gunnar Helm. It's just a totally different program now. So, no, he's not going to have the impact Worthy had. That doesn't mean he's not going to be a better NFL prospect than Worthy, but he's just coming into a different situation entirely. He can, hey, have, he can make an impact without putting up big numbers. Yes, UT boy, I said Jontae Cook. <laughs> hey, Bobby, uh, before we take this last question or two and get out of here, can you tell folks out there about BKCW one last time? 
Absolutely can, uh, Blake. We talk about the insurance trap with them. They take you out of the insurance trap and you and your business by providing it with actual risk management consulting, not just price quoting. Uh, so at the very last minute, uh, a lot of business insurers uh, come up to you and say, hey, oh, by the way, this year we're going to have a $250 or $1,000 increase in your business cost. BKCW helps you mitigate that by actually working with you beforehand. Uh, it's an ongoing uh, business relationship you have with them operating out of their headquarters in Austin and owned by a UT grad. They use a five-step process to identify your business's weak spots, design a plan, and execute it, and then monitor your situation throughout the year. Go to bkcw.com or send an email to info at bkcw.com to get started with a free risk assessment or claims audit and escape the insurance trap. Ryan Nelson, I agree with you. Uh, I think Worthy's going to be a very good pro. Um, I, I think these guys are just looking for warts right now in the draft. I mean, I, when I talk about that, I'm talking strictly draft stuff. I think he's going to be a very good pro. Too much speed, too much playmaking. Okay, guys, we got a question from Heoli Frioli93. He says, I was walking the dogs last night and got to thinking about the future of Texas starting defense. Phil Samee and Derek Williams at safety, Black and Manny at corner, Hill and Leona at linebacker, Sadir in January at interior defensive line, and Colin and Vosick at edge. But who would be the nickel or Sam? I'm not so sure uh, Billy Walton isn't ahead of uh... – Colton Vosick at this point, based on what I'm being told. Vosick's just had so many injuries. Um, and he is working at Sam right now. So is Facilia Kana at times. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Nick Nickel right now early. I think Wardell Mack's going to have a chance uh, to, to play that. Jordan Johnson Rebell is in that category. Uh, but really, uh, you know, Jalen Gilbo maybe. Hey, don't forget about Jalen. He's a good player. You know, they he's just covered up by by Jade Barron right now. If some if of Jalen Gilbo sticks with Texas, yeah, through, through this season, he will be the starting nickel next the year after. Okay, that's that's his path, so to speak. He's just got to have the patience. And then we'll do one last question here. Um, and let's see. We'll do this one from Zane Petty. Why is Texas only a two and a half point favorite? You got to remember, it's also very early against Michigan with everything they lost. Because they also have, I mean, they're, look, they have four first round draft picks on their roster still. Even with the 18 gone, Will Johnson is a top 10 corner, our top possibly the number one corner, a top 10 overall pick at Michigan. Colston Loveland is the top tight end right now, okay, on on anybody's board in the NFL draft for next year. It's going to be a first-team All-American. Then you have two defensive tackles that are first-round picks, Kenneth Grant and Mason Graham. How many teams have four first-round picks next year? So and, and it's not like Harbaugh recruited poorly. That's why they're only two and a half point favorites. I'm, you know, and they're defending national champs. And on the road. Yeah. I mean, so why? I mean, Michigan, I mean, everybody wants to say, oh, Michigan lost a lot. Well, Alabama lost a lot every year. Georgia loses a lot every year. Harbaugh was not, he had them on the same trajectory that Steve Sarkeesian has Texas on. 
in my opinion, but without the quarterback. And, and, and I'll say this, that D-line there has really good – there's a kid, Trey Pierce, that played a little bit last year. He was a kid that Texas Bo Davis offered in senior year out of Chicago. I thought that's some of the best senior tape of any D lineman in the country in that class. Wasn't ranked there, but he showed some real flashes last year. So Michigan, to Bobby's point, they got some young guys that are talented that people just call college football fans that aren't Michigan or Big Ten fans may not know by name, but they're going to be really good players. So I think the biggest question that's going to impact that line, do all the guys stay at Michigan after the spring? That, that's going to be the whole thing there. because And I'm not sitting here saying, oh, player X is going to Texas, player X is go, uh, Y is going to Oregon, anything like that. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying in today's day and age of college football, after a big coaching change that happened and, and with the portal, if all those guys return to Michigan, obviously very solid team. If they lose, especially those D linemen, if any of those guys walk on them, that kind of changes them a little bit next year. Okay, guys. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of Coffee and Football presented by BKCW. We want to thank them for sponsoring today's show. Be sure to check them out and let them help help you escape the insurance trap. And then also Factor and Chinook Cedary. So head on over to OnTexasFootball.com for further discussion. Jerry's posting uh, lots of recruiting notes. Bobby, you said you got some a lot of team news and notes coming up. Boy, I, I, I talked to to people this morning, I, I may have 50 different player updates. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> so do not miss that on texasfootball.com. Of course, we'll have stuff throughout today and the weekend as well, right here on the YouTube channel. So if you're not a subscriber, then we would invite you to please subscribe and then hit that like button and ring the bell. So you're notified anytime and every time we post a video. So for Bobby, Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you Monday morning. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.